0: Producer Joe, how are you? Good. How's it
1: going today, Stagger Lee?
0: It's going great. Ready to talk AEW tonight.
1: Excellent. Hit him with the intro and we'll start this thing.
0: We'd like to welcome everybody to this episode of Unscripted Violence. It is myself, Stagger Lee, joined by the Arn Anderson, the my Ole Anderson, mr producer joe
1: yes and we are recording at a much earlier time so i hope to have at least 50 percent more energy tonight
0: (laughs) sounds good um i don't have much in the way of news i haven't really uh looked at any of the the dirt sheets this week or anything like that um did you have any big news that you've heard of
1: uh the real i mean the this news is it's Wrestlemania week so not only do you have two nights Wrestlemania you've got NXT you got Supercard of Honor you have the Wrestlecon shows that are being offered and you have the GCW collective shows that are being offered so there's not like as news there's nothing really that stands out like Scott Hall's death last week I think it's just all the wrestling ahead of us
0: yeah and um i'm i am looking forward to some of the gcw shows which we'll be covering as well um but uh let's talk dynamite which took place in austin texas um pretty good crowd uh started off uh with cm punk versus dax harwood with cash wheeler Um, I thought this was a good, solid match between the two. And uh, the crowd was really great during this match as well.
1: Yeah, I thought it was a huge match to kick off the show. It was announced late that afternoon. And I actually signed up for the WrestleNomics Patreon this week. So, have access to TV numbers like... Kind of some viewership numbers and some stuff like that. Since I just got it this week, I will kind of slowly get into it. I won't jump too deep into numbers, but it's something I plan on trying to work into our show. And this match had probably the most people watching. Like, it dipped a couple hundred viewers from the start of the show to a half hour in. And it's, you know, nothing wild, but... You had a 46 people watch this on average, up five percent. And viewership, like I said, dropped a couple hundred in the first half hour. It hovers right around the same area until nine fifteen, nine thirty, and then drops again after that. That's just a note I wanted to make early.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's that's very interesting, actually. Kinda eye opening as well. That um, the numbers just drop off like that during the show.
1: It, I um, mean, it makes sense. I would have to look at what it does for a Raw, like in that third hour, but it's kind of like anything. You probably get the most people watching, like first comes on TV, and then as time goes on, it drops. But I mean, CM Punk, Dax Harwood, 12 minutes, 51 seconds, has had the most viewers that they were going to have all night and i noticed anytime ftr leaves their feet it doesn't work out for them gun club was jaw jacking at them from the audience now i had a note written down here and i wanted to see if you can answer it i have amazing match written down but then i was wondering why is the match so amazing and i got it down to reversals technical wrestling I think it's just because the two guys in the ring are such fans of pro wrestling that, like CM Punk, you'll see at any match he does, and the same with Dax Harwood. Uh,
0: I just put it like you did that are in the ring, both being uh, ring generals in my in my eyes, and uh, both very technically sound. Uh, I, I put that in this. Uh, this was a solid, technically sound match. And uh, they, they really did, they showed and demonstrated uh, what masters of their craft they are. And uh, this, this is what made it a good match for me. Um, I was quite impressed with it and I liked the use of the anaconda device for the finish.
1: Yeah, yeah, and what I found more interesting was after the match, Punk was signaling for the belt. It, I mean, does he have hopes of making a run at that world championship? It's They're kind of setting up something very interesting. And, I mean, a, as the show goes on, we'll get into why I don't see him as the next contender for the belt. Right. could be the contender by double or nothing?
0: Uh, I see him. Yeah, I, I don't see him immediately be becoming a contender, but you know, like you like you said, he did motion uh, that he's going for the belt. But uh, if, as we know, AEW they like that long term booking, so this could just be just a little nudge in that direction for now.
1: Yeah, and we'll get to it later in the show because there is a definite apparent next challenger for that title. But following this segment, kind of getting into the 8.15 to 8.30 quarter hour because CM Punk, Dax Harwood took up most of 8 to 8.15. Following that was the Jericho Appreciation Society backstage. They react to the picture of John Silver with Chris Jericho years ago. They make the point that they're sports entertainers. They beat up pro wrestlers. And I wrote down I really don't like them. And I I don't know why it is. I'd love to think it's because that's what they're going for with the heel heat. But I'm just, I'm not into this group right now and I can't put my finger on it 100% why.
0: I I like the group. I like the idea of it. Um, the only the only two I don't like is is 2.0. I, I just a huge fan of theirs for some reason. I know a lot of people really like them and uh, I, I don't do anything wrong in my eyes. I just have never been a fan of theirs. and so having them in there, Throws me off a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean I they're
1: funny enough, but they're just right now they're just kind of loud.
0: Yeah, that's that's basically it. They're just very vocal in it, and um, that's all I'm noticing. I really like uh, Daniel Garcia in it, and I think we're gonna see good things from him coming out of this um, because he's he seems to be uh, taking. A- More control when it comes to the mic on things, and I I I think he's doing great. But they also, you know, cut a promo on Santana and Ortiz, and uh, we're making jabs how they how they aren't there, and uh, things of that nature too. So setting up probably for a Santana and Ortiz match between who.
1: Yeah, now following this up, going into the 8:30 to 8:45 hour, we got Sting, Darby Allen, and the Hardys versus Butcher, The Blade, and Private Party. This was, well, the CM Punk match. Yeah, we saw CM Punk won in 12:51. This match was nine minutes and 27 seconds, and it felt jam-packed because you had spots like Darby getting thrown down the steps. Private Party jumping off the stage with Matt Hardy. I couldn't place the name of the move, but right after they did that with Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy takes the ladder out into the, they're in the merchandise area, takes the ladder, climbs up to like the edge of the wall, does a swanton bomb to the blade through a table. It was yes. Watch gin and juice in the ring, and the twist of fate, scorpion, death drop, finisher combo. This thing flew by, and it just—it was action packed.
0: It was a great, and I—I I, that Swanton bomb looked so badass to me. Um, Jeff Hardy did point. <laughs>
1: no, not at all.
0: And none of them disappointed in this. Uh, it lived up to the name, Texas Tornado Match, and uh, we we saw what I expected to see, uh, which which was great. And then uh, after this, we we had Tony Cervani backstage with uh, Dax and Cash, and he brings up the Gun Club, and say uh, that they'll see him next week on Dynamite. So, looks like we're gonna see FTR versus Gun Club next week. Yeah, um, something
1: they were setting up at the end of the Harwood Punk match, and it'll be a good enough match. I see that continuing intensity that I've noticed in FTR since breaking away from Tully.
0: Yeah, they 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 really have kicked it up um, quite a bit, and um, I think they're doing great without Tully. I was a bit worried uh, with the with the loss of him, but uh, like you just like you said, um, they're they're kicking it up, uh, and it, it's working. And I hope that they keep that momentum as well. Um, we, we had, uh, next, we had Brian Danielson, John Moxley versus the Varsity Blondes. Um, this, this was a, 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 to me, um, I, I really took notice of Julia Hart, uh, sitting on the steps looking serious. She's, f-ing. um, I'm just kind of wondering where they're going with this. What, what they're going to do with Julia Hart uh, is she going to uh, go heel and be- become a member of the House of Black is, is something that's going through my mind
1: that seems most likely now what I really liked about this match love Regal on comment going to commentary right when they get to the ring yes he states that he's not a manager he helps he describes them as a narrative. and it made me wonder if Brian Pillman perhaps would be somebody they would be you know almost looking at for the group and it comes out in commentary that the Varsity Blondes could be potential future prospects but kind of like anything with these guys I mean Danielson and Moxley obviously win in six minutes and four seconds but i feel like the post-match promos and this one occurred in the eight forty-five to 9 o'clock block really are what make the matches because you got regal coming out to the rim and it's almost setting up like he's the mastermind of this group it's establishing this faction as powerful he described them as sadistic and I believe we finally got a name for these guys in the Blackpool Combat Club.
0: I did hear that mentioned. Um, it sounds great. Uh, that uh, just those those three are gold. Uh, having just having William Regal there is still kind of. I'm kind of dazed by it still that he's in AEW and he's doing the, some of the best work I've seen him do, um, even out of NXT. When he was on NXT, he was featured in that in that management that style role, and it, it wasn't the one I wanted. This is the William Regal I want, especially at this stage in his career.
1: Yeah, and rounding out to the nine o'clock hour, you got another power, another big promo in MJF following up William Regal, and you know it starts off with security at ringside. He emphasizes there will be another match. Yeah,
0: he said he's, uh, he's going to make uh, Wardlow's life a living hell.
1: Yep. Uh, well, there will be another match with Punk, and he says it was the most embarrassing loss of Punk's career. And this pom- promo kind of focused. It kind of let you know that the Punk thing will be continuing at some point, but it furthered the Wardlow feud, like you said, as well. You know, MJF talked about putting Wardlow on a cross. And, and that got
0: a lot be- of heat.
1: Yeah, could this be leading up to a match over the contract at Double or Nothing?
0: That that would be a, a good way to go about it and uh, really uh, finalize Wardlow as a as an independent entity to himself in the stories. So yeah, that that's a great insight into that. I, I wasn't really thinking in that direction, but yeah, I'm wondering,
1: that, I mean, right now it looks like they're going to keep him off TV for a certain amount of time. So I was just kind of trying to see where the end game to that story might be
0: now. they yeah, off... Oh, what was that? Oh, oh, I just said, cause Wardlow comes out to the, he's, he's stopped by the security immediately. So you can tell that they're, kind of veering him away from the spotlight in this so.
1: yeah and i mean mjf talked about paying him to stay at home so that way like would remember him so it just seems interesting what they're trying to do but they kicked off the nine o'clock hour with wheeler Yuta and best friends backstage we find out trent never liked Yuta. he's done with Yuta. Yuta responded that he didn't like Trent either, and he's not trying to be the best friend he can be. He's trying to be the best wrestler he can be. So this kind yeah. of makes me feel like he might be one of the next additions to the Blackpool Combat Club, and I'm I'm interested to see his progression as it goes on.
0: I am too, and yeah, that, that was almost uh. uh to me it was almost a sure sign of him him joining the Black Pool combat club as well and because he just after he said i'm I'm here to be the best wrestler he just walked off yeah
1: and so displaying that seriousness to his character
0: yeah definitely uh, then next we had Adam Cole versus Jay lethal um I thought this was an excellent matchup between these two um Red Dragon is out there uh, they do a lot of, of, of distracting of the ref um, and um, it, and that allows Cole eventually to hit the low blow and then boom, uh, when the ref is turned back around for the win um, Cole, now were you
1: familiar uh, with these guys in ROH
0: I, I was not watching ROH at the time that they were in there
1: Oh, wow. Because one thing I noted is that if you were an ROH fan, this match would have meant, like, the world to you because they had five career matches opposing each other. Cole with the 3-2 to lead. Cole actually joined the Young Bucks in the Bullet Club by turning on Jay Lethal. And Excalibur compared their ROH title reigns. I thought the commentary into things really did a good job of like telling the story. And I just, I really enjoyed this match.
0: Yeah, it was, it was, it was really good. It, 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 like I said, it was excellent. Um, anytime somebody, the, the caliber of Adam Cole and Jay lethal, um, I, you know, it's going to be a, a great match because both of them uh, just standing alone, uh, make a make a match in the magic and Jay Lethal to me uh, was was a standout to me in this match especially, but he always impresses me every time I watch him.
1: Yeah, uh, Adam it, Cole got the win in ten minutes and four seconds, and that brought us up to nine fifteen, and. After the match, we kind of see why I think it might be a minute till Punk gets the shot or till till Punk gets the shot at the title because Cole makes a case for why he should be champion, brings out Paige, they, him and Red Dragon jump hangman steal the belt when Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and Christian Cage run out for the save. What did you think of this post-match angle, and where do you kind of see this championship matchup going?
0: Um, with uh, the, with uh, them, them taking off uh, with the with the belts, and um, then Jurassic Express kind of coming out and, and helping out. I see. I see a Hangman Jurassic Express type team with Adam Cole and uh, Red Dragon, and so you think
1: that could be coming up on next week's Dynamite.
0: I, I think. I think it's building up to that. Now, um, where
1: do you see the next title defense taking place?
0: Geez, that's hard to say. I. It's. I. I don't want it to be a rematch, Adam Cole, but I or, but I think that's what we're looking at. Yeah. Is a rematch.
1: Battle of the Belts 2 is actually going to be April 15th, and that is between now and Double or Nothing. You could always do the rematch there, and then the way I'm seeing things is they could possibly set up Punk to be the challenger at Double or Nothing
0: that would be a great way to go Um, or even at Battle
1: of the Belts maybe you do a big six man tag with Luchasaurus Jungle Boy and Hangman Page for Adam Cole and Red Dragon you put all titles on the line winner takes all type situation could be one of those two things or it could be Red Dragon goes for the tag titles at Battle of the Belts too Either way, it looks like they're building up Battle of the Belts bigger, bigger than the first one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it looks like it's shaping up to be a lot better uh, than, than the first one was. Well, we, we discussed that one, and that was kind of a disappointment. So uh, I'm hoping that this uh, kind of redeems the, the name and... Um, w- makes it more exciting and it, it already to me sounds a lot more exciting that way. Uh, after that we had um, a video package on Dustin Rhodes uh, versus uh, Lance Archer that is coming up on uh, the Rampage. Um, I This kind of geared me up for that. Um, I thought a, it helped, oh,
1: I could have cared less really about the match before this but kind of this I'm like ooh, what could this be a better match than I'm expecting and like we will talk about later in the show I think it impressed
0: yeah I do too and and uh, this yeah this video package definitely together was really well done and got me excited It especially got me on the side of Dustin um I, I'm a I'm a uh, anytime uh the guy just—he's a wrestling machine. He's—he's uh, he's a living legend, as far as I'm concerned. So it really put him up to that level of looking like a great contender against Lance Archer. But then, then we had—we uh, went to Tony Schiavone in the ring with uh, Sammy Guevara and uh, Ty Conti. And Sammy talks about how he's going to get in the ring. And, and he says, and get crazy. And Ty and uh, Sammy issue an open challenge. Uh, Dan, Dan Lambert comes out with Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Uh, Dan Lambert kisses the intern belt. And Sammy says, if if he knew what him and Ty did with that belt, he, the, he wouldn't have had it in his mouth because uh, they had some fun with it, too. And uh, I think Dan Lambert's reaction was kind of priceless.
1: Yeah, he really played it up. Like, I was kind of confused, because at first it seemed like it was a huge baby face promo. But then Sammy and Ty almost came out, came off so unlikable. Uh, I couldn't tell if it was the babyface or the promo, like, what they were really trying to do.
0: True, and uh, I mean, what are they going to do with Sammy now that the inner circle's not there? Um, Which direction is he going to go? He'd he'd make a good tweener uh, if you ask me. And a lot of his uh, YouTube stuff, there's just so many directions he could go with it. Yeah. Next. Next, we had uh, Swerve and Starks' video package on their match match on uh, Rampage on Friday. Um, this uh, got me a little bit more interested in it. Um, I I am. Uh, I like Ricky Starks in the ring uh, he does incredible things and from what I've seen of Swerve uh, he's he's just as good so uh, it, it built up that match properly I feel
1: yeah I've really I've been super excited to see how Swerve come off in AEW I missed his first match but he was so great on the independents before and like i said i feel like he got wasted in wwe so i'm very excited to see him versus ricky starks because ricky starks is another one that i followed him on nwa before this and i hadn't heard of him before nwa but i was very impressed with him once i could see him talking in the ring and doing his thing
0: I got into him just at the edge of him going into AEW with NWA. I was watching a lot of NWA at the time. And, um, yeah, I already knew he, he was, when, when AEW had Starks, that he was going to be something special. Yeah. Uh, he has been so far. Uh, I'd like to see him kind of break out of the, the uh, Team Caz role a little bit and see what he could do there but um i don't know i at the same time i'm kind of i'm liking team taz and i'm liking what they're doing and and what powerhouse hobbs is adding to that as well so
1: well one thing i like about the factions in a is you know they can all be together but they don't have to be together all the time yeah. Now that you kind of ran into that a little bit with both the Pinnacle and the Inner Circle, where it seemed like there'd be long periods of time where you wondered if they were even still a team. But Correct. I think t- team could stay together and keep that intrigue. But Ricky starts to be just as good on his own.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then that leads us to our, our match with uh, well it's actually a rematch legit Layla Hirsch versus Red Velvet um it was a very quick match
1: yeah 6 minutes 30 seconds I thought it was another good match in the series like since Red Velvet moved away from the Brandy Rhodes Association I'm enjoying her more as a personality oh yeah she seems to be coming across like a little more vicious in the ring and the turnbuckle seems to be layla hirsch's preferred weapon It's weird because she doesn't need a weapon
0: yeah that's that's it she doesn't she's i mean you just look at her skills especially her suplexes um she doesn't need a weapon and I, I guess that that that's kind of what puts her more as a heel because you know
1: And I think that's why they're doing it and you know the post match it did bring out Statlander to fight off Hirsch after the match because Hirsch won. And it's really all about that Layla Hirsch, Chris Statlander rivalry. But like Red Velvet, now you've kind of made yourself a new female star, and I hope they keep up with her because she she stood out during this.
0: Did and just a side note, AEW has some women that. I, I don't know, I, I don't want to say that they're holding them back, but they're keeping them on, on like dark and elevation, and I, I can see them going much further. There, there's, there's a whole other regime of females out there that uh, could really go out and be contenders for the title
1: definitely and i mean i hate to get political here with it but i mean you can say the same for you know certain black latino other like cultures of wrestlers that now i'm not saying aew is not diverse they are a lot more diverse than wwe but like wrestling is it's Fought its way up through the years because it used to be on the same level with like midget matches, or I should say little person matches. I'm sorry if we have any little person as I offended, but you know, it if you go back to the roots of wrestling, women's wrestling was almost like a sideshow to things. Exactly, and even when you have good talent, they're not getting on TV necessarily as much as men. And that's why, like, getting to just ahead a little bit and talk about this weekend's events. GCW doing a for the culture show, which is, you know, a lot of black wrestlers and trying to be inclusive like that. GCW has Effie's Big Gay Brunch, which has a lot of LGBTQ wrestlers. And there's got to be a ladies' wrestling event. It's slipping my mind, but that's what I like about like these WrestleMania weekend shows is they do shows to kind of get the representation that wrestling doesn't always have. Usually I go off on this rant about WWE and I talk about the lack of diversity talent, but you know, you, you kind of brought it up here. Like we could well, I more top talent, top female talent shows. And and
0: them. we we will talk we will talk about that in Rampage because yeah I I am not too are having come after the belt next it's it's been done and and it's 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 getting old and that that was one of the things that got the gears in my mind turning saying hey there is so much more talent. That, that AEW has in the female division they really need to start you know going to that well and and giving them a chance
1: and speaking of that female talent they have coming up next was Jade Cargill Mark Sterling and Chevani backstage Cargill is planning for the celebration after her next match as opposed to the next match I like the pairing of her and Mark Sterling I just, it's tough because we're watching Jade grow so we can have all the complaints, all the things that we think she should be doing better but this is an instance of Tony not only putting a woman on screen but a black woman and in a powerful position so right after we come up that whole knocking representation he's right here with Jade Cargill and I think it's still because she's so green that we don't appreciate her fully yet.
0: Exactly. she's She was elevated to a level that she's not quite ready to hold. And I, I, I see it as at the time that this happened, I saw it kind of as a political move to put the belt on her personally. But, um,
1: it could be, but they could also be seeing like, a potential big talent. And she she looks great in the ring. Her personality is, like, 5% there for where it could be to be, like, a big star. But in ring, she's, like, 40% there.
0: I wish she would stop doing her flexing pose. Something about it annoys me.
1: yeah I mean she's still so new that you know she's got a couple things that she does well or that accentuate her strengths and she thinks that's one of them like she's definitely got to learn something more but that's kind of where we are with her where she's a work in progress and we don't get to see her disappear and come back as like a new package we're seeing her evolve and It's going well. It's just you're going to get judged on each step of that
0: progression. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, Speaking of another big female, Tony uh, introduces Thunder Rosa to a huge pop. Um, Because this is
1: still being filmed in San Antonio. So, you know, Rampages are filmed... Or yeah, this is in San Antonio. Sorry.
0: Yeah, um, I get mixed yeah. up
1: in Rampage and Dynamite sometimes in my notes here.
0: Yeah, I do. I do. I do the same thing. It was no. It was in Austin. It was in Austin, is what it was.
1: That's right, because that comes into play in Rampage, where it centers more around Dustin Rhodes' school.
0: Yeah. So that, that that was that was probably another reason for the huge pop. Uh, uh, still that there,
1: state, though.
0: Yeah, she still has that. And uh, well, Vicky Guerrero interrupts her, and Nyla Rose hits uh, Thunder from behind. And uh, I just thought I, I wrote it down. I put this was lame uh because we how many times have we seen Nyla Rose go after the championship it seems just about everybody who's had Nyla Rose has got to be the first or second opponent to face him
1: that is true the only way i can defend it is nyla had first won the championship in that same building I think it was a year ago yep, so that's I true. how that story came around and if you think about it the champion is always going to have this beast pursuing them no matter who they are so story wise I like that I don't see Nyla's is not the most interesting you know upcoming opponent that she could have you know what i mean like yeah i'd be more interested in you could do a bigger rematch and that would have some degree of you know excitement although i think they should keep her away from the title for a minute
0: i mean and 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 if chris statlander wasn't involved with it I'd, i'd put chris statlander in there um I mean there's it, it's just like we said there's just so many other choices but uh from how you put it I I kind of understand it a little bit better as to why uh I was in that position um I, I just thought, I'm just not and just not impressed with it excited about it
1: yeah I mean I'll be fine with it if she's just another domino to get knocked down which is what i imagine it's got to be
0: but i expect it almost
1: yeah we'll have to see how that plays out but that finished up nine thirty to 9 45 time block and we're getting to the last 15 minutes of the show you got john silver and alex reynolds versus chris jericho and daniel garcia match went 10 minutes and two seconds and I looked at it as it felt like a John Silver feature spot, which I was happy with. I've seen John Silver a ton up on the indies up here in the Northeast. He wrestled a lot for Beyond Wrestling, and we actually interviewed him on the Working Fans podcast. Oh, wow. Just before he got big with AEW. Like, him and Alex Reynolds had been featured in a couple matches. They hadn't been signed yet. And I, I had seen him at Beyond, and I always thought he was hilarious, and so I wanted to get him. And like, he talked about one of his hopes was hoping that they signed with AEW, and not too long later, they were on the run to the Dark Order. So seeing them main event Dynamite versus Jericho and Garcia, I thought it was great. I thought they looked competitive in the
0: ring, but I mean,
1: I knew they weren't getting the. the...
0: Yeah, and there, there was a lot of interference from the outside, um, as as well, Uh, and also, uh, Jericho had Floyd the baseball, that he uh, hit uh, Reynolds with from behind, uh, giving basically giving Garcia the pin for the win. On that one So uh, Yeah it was It was predictable As to who was gonna win uh, Just it's how they did it though
1: They built up the story well
0: They really did and It was It was a good ending um, I don't know Do we wanna Do we wanna rate uh, Dynamite on it's own And Rampage on it's own It's something I haven't asked the fans yet Or do we wanna rate it all uh, as how, how the week went because sometimes
1: let's rate the week because if we're covering two events we can just give one rating at the end you know and That's kind a- of explain how each show factored into it because you know the rampage we got coming up from the 25th Lance Archer versus Dustin Rhodes. We talked about it during my discussion, but that video package really got us hyped for this in nine minutes and 32 seconds. And I thought, I thought it was a good start to rampage, you know, Lance it, Archer it to the hype. One, what's that?
0: It lived up to the hype.
1: Yeah. Lance Archer comes out with one of Dustin's students over his shoulder this was just a good big man battle, you know. Dustin got the win off of a turnbuckle that Archer exposed. It, it was just a good opener. Like, post match attack leaves Dustin bleeding, decimates Dustin's students. So like, Dustin got the win, but Lance Archer still looks powerful.
0: Yeah, he he did. And the one the one question I have is the association I know that Jake the Snake like right, noticeably hasn't been around and there one
1: it was covid and like I believe Jake got sick and if you watch the DDP snake pit podcast a lot of the times when Jake is talking he talks with like a oxygen line in his nose and, oh, okay. I mean, honestly, his promos weren't that great the last few times he talked for Lance Archer, and I think it was really exposing him. You know, like he's known really- as one of the best talkers of all time, and as of late, he looked really so so.
0: Yeah, it, it pointing. It was it was I it was sad to see Jake go like that um because he is uh, or has been in the past such an amazing talker uh the whole time he was in aew i was waiting for those magic moments to where he he'd lured you in and mesmerized you and just had you thinking and yeah like you said towards the end they just it just wasn't there uh my my thing is is with lance archer and Dan Lambert is Lance Archer going to be America Top Team or where are they going with it in that respect?
1: He's almost better if you keep him on his own. Like I can't see him joining the America Top Team. I mean, maybe if they get in the blood and guts match or a stadium stampede, but he's almost good as a lone wolf. And, I mean, they've had that association with Lambert, so you could run forward with him as a mouthpiece. I think, like, Dan Lambert isn't as important to Lance Archer as he is to Scorpio Sky. You know what I yeah, mean? He like, he's he part doesn't of the presentation it. with Archer, but, like, he is, like, almost half of that team with Sky. I don't know if it's the co-champions thing.
0: Uh it's that and just that he he does he's such a good talker and he uses that more with Scorpio and uh, and and Ethan Page too um, than he does with Archer, Archer's almost never mentioned um, unless he's coming to the ring with him so yeah, yeah that's, that's noticeable
1: This match was followed up by Jay Lethal backstage. It's noted that he fell in the rankings after a loss to Adam Cole. His only losses on his record are to Ricky Starks and Adam Cole, who cheated to win. And he kind of walks away saying that he has some thinking to do, and he keeps saying there's got to be a better guy. So are we looking at a heel turn? Are we looking at some kind of personality
0: change with Jay Lethal? Are we looking at black machismos with I wonder
1: <laughs> that would be great, but it almost seems like he's hinting at something darker, especially when the only people that have beat him have beat him by cheating. So I almost feel like we're going to see some kind of heel version of Jay lethal, which God, I can't think of a time in recent history that we've seen that.
0: I can't, I can't either. And, uh, well, if anybody can pull it off, it is Jay. Um, he he is a, a very strong personality in whatever he does, and I I think uh, heel turn for Jay might be a, a a pleasant surprise to us.
1: It'll be interesting. But this was followed by a Fuego del Sol in-ring promo, which. To me, it sounded like he was getting booed at first, and then he kind of talks for a little bit, challenges the House of Black to a fight. They flatten him, and then the Dark Order comes out and gets face-to-face with the Dark Order, or I got the Dark Order facing off with the Dark Order on the ramp. It's Dark Order facing off with the House of Black on the ramp, and that is an interesting faction war that we could see either upcoming or if these two groups merged, that would be interesting as well.
0: And one thing about this whole segment is the way it was produced, how the lights went off and then the spotlight appeared on each of the members of the House of Black. I thought that was a cool, really theatrical effect.
1: Yeah, it's Uh, something that not a ton of groups get that different presentation. So the way they did that was just really, I I saw it as visually like artistic, and a very cool way to pull that off.
0: Yeah, it it, it, it went over well too I, with with the crowd. You could tell, but yeah, the the whole dark, dark order and House of Black thing, I I would I'd love to see it, and especially after this, and you could hear Malachi asking him. Is this what you want? Is this what you really want? To to Evil Uno. And Evil Uno not backing down to it. Could be a. a, It could be a string of interesting matches out of this. Yep.
1: And you know. This is followed up by Scorpio Sky. Dan Lambert. Ethan Page backstage. There's going to be no more open challenge. For the TNT Championship. And interesting way to go with it Um, I kind of want to see where the next challenger comes from and how they determine
0: that I do too it seems like that they want to go back to the rankings and personally I was kind of getting tired of the open challenge with that belt it seemed like for a while there that everybody that had that belt had some type of open challenge and so I think it makes it uh, a bit more in. Oh, you know, and Scorpio sky says he can't be beat and to consider the open door closed. So, uh, it will be interesting to see how they, how they go about choosing opponents for him and for that belt.
1: Yeah. And we've had three big promos followed up by Allen five angels and 10 of the dark order versus red dragon. This was a seven minute match, but I thought it was a real entertaining tag match. Dark Order looked way better than expected. And the kind of continued a theme with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus chasing off Red Dragon from the post-match beatdown, Adam Cole stealing the tag championships. That's what made me think they're like lining up either some big six-man tag for all the titles or they're like lining up these two different title feuds
0: maybe even and i know i've been saying this for months maybe even uh an introduction into a trios uh, belt uh that's that's something i've been interested in seeing times i've i've seen trios matches thinking man they really i would really like to see a trios championship
1: yeah that could be coming up down the road now this was followed up by a nyla rose vicky guerrero video package with rosa and vicky and nyla rose meant disrespect from their attack from and you know kind of setting that up as the next title contender i mean we kind of we gave our thoughts about this earlier what they kind right. of aired it with this nyla rose maddie Rinkowski, 38 second squash where nyla rose is chris Jericho's sports entertainer of the week that's entertaining and it was noted that Rinkowski trained thunder rosa so You know, Nyla Rose is taking it out on Rose's students, her feud with her.
0: Yeah, and that's interesting about it. Um, I've I've seen Maddie Renkowski wrestle several times, and she's no slouch. It, it, It just came that she had to be the one getting squashed in the match. And, uh, I, I hope to see her rise up, because she does have a lot of talent. Definitely now. Then we have uh, Marshall and Aaron Solo in the ring. Yep, presenting
1: uh, Hook with that certificate of accomplishment, and this was great because Hook came out, didn't look very impressed. Eventually, put Aaron Solo's head through the certificate. And then as he's walking out, Danhausen comes out and tries doing like his putting a curse thing on Hook. Hook just looks at him, walks away. <laughs> and I loved it because I'm not very entertained by Danhausen. So to see Hook just no sell him and leave, I was like that is great.
0: The whole the whole Danhausen curse thing too. I mean, it it has seemed have quote unquote worked in the past where he, he curses someone and something bad happens to them immediately. Him looking perplexed that nothing happened and just having something like that happen to Hook it would have been altogether too cheesy for me. Um, uh, Danhausen's full of cheese <laughs> as far as I've seen.
1: Yep and this was followed by everybody's favorite part of a rampage where you had the mark henry pre-match video yeah and it was kind of a back and forth between starks and swerve you know Starks just establishing that this is his show swerve coming in as the new guy like saying he's gonna take it it's a back and forth that devolves into an argument and then that's when Mark Henry throws it to the main event, which went 11 minutes and 27 seconds, and I thought this was a great main event for Rampage.
0: Amazing, amazing! Start it off with some great mat work. Uh, he he hit an arm drag that that commentary put over. It it really when i looked back at it cuz i rewound it it wasn't it it wasn't that great of an arm drag but it did look very good um, and then it then it was coming to a good back and forth between the two and then we had to have picture in picture which threw me off um, but it, it it came back and starks had the upper hand Swerve did a shooting star press off of the apron on the Starks on the outside, which was insane looking. We had yeah, uh,
1: just caught him with that, too. Like it didn't quite look off, but like if it had been any more, if he had been shifted in any different direction, like a, more up or down, it wouldn't have looked as good as it did.
0: Yeah, exactly. But I, I was impressed by it. Um, s- swerves on the outside, and the ref's back is turned. And uh, Powerhouse comes out and gives a, a, a huge clothesline and just tosses him back in the ring. And then we get the Rochambeau by Ricky Starks uh, for, the, for the win. Then he he has his... I guess this is his new entourage come out. And it was two guys holding a sign that says... uh, Austin loves Starks. And uh, Behind the sign, one guy gets thrown through it. And it reveals that it's Keith Lee. And he beats all the Starks' entourage. Gets in the ring. Attacks Hobbs and, and Starks. And then Swerve joins in. And they're all fighting. And... Uh, the referees come in and, and try to break them up uh, and time time ran out on Rampage. I thought it was a great way to end Rampage. Um, just leaving it in kind of a, a violent stalemate.
1: Yeah, and really kind of setting up these opposing factions. Like, you're really kind of putting Keith Lee in Swerve's corner. So it's very interesting to see where the story is gonna go from here.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um the uh wrestler of the week for me um was really hard to pick this week. Um I'm I'm that I'm I'm different, I'm gonna be a little different, and this is just because I'm interested to see what's going to happen with her. But I, I give it to Julia Hark and uh, her position in the sulking and the being uh, distant, it, it caught my it caught my eye.
1: Yeah, that definitely seemed like a new beat in that story because that's kind of been like where she's been since getting hit with that mist and my wrestler of the week, I'm going to give it to Dax Harwood just because he's usually a tag team specialist. But this week he really showed us what he can do in the ring in a singles match, and really put on like a technical classic with Punk. So
0: yeah that that's an excellent pick. My rating
1: for the week is gonna be a four. I thought Dynamite was like a solid three point five. I thought Rampage was kind of more of a four in the quarter. So like I figure kind of meet in the middle, call the week a
0: four. Um, it, it's kind of weird, but we always hit almost the same number. I'm at four with the whole thing all together. Um, I, it, it was on both ends. They both kept me interested. And uh, very rarely does AEW let me down.
1: Another solid week and I'm excited to see what they got for us so this coming week.
0: And I am too. and um, for the fans uh, out there, if, if you're you're not sure, uh, we are we are covering some of the GCW collective. I'm imagining it's gonna take us a little while to uh, hit all the shows. Um, yeah, I
1: mean, it's gonna be difficult to watch a lot of stuff this weekend because I mean, depending on what you want, what you're watching, Thursday may be busy. Friday night could be busy. That's not even getting into the WrestleMania nights of Saturday and Sunday. Exactly. Sunday's not gonna have as many other shows, but Saturday you're running up against multiple shows, and then Thursday and Friday you're running up against multiple collective and WrestleCon shows.
0: So what I what I chose to watch and and purchase was uh, Fe's Big Gay Brunch, uh, Bloodsport Eight, and I had to go with Planet Death.
1: Those are some major shows. I so far, if you've been keeping up with the Working Fans podcast, we've been doing daily updates on shows we have bought and we plan to watch so far we have super card of honor we have the mark hitchcock more memorial super show that's the old WrestleCon super show we've got bloodsport eight i just bought joey janela's spring break night one and i'll probably be picking up for the culture and maybe another show or two
0: i am looking at finances and i really do want to get one of the joey Janella's uh spring breaks in there um once again guys and i i hate to i i, I feel like i'm groveling or anything but if if you could support us in any way it's much appreciated it goes towards things like this so more shows for you to have that content and uh, just simply to more of what you love um, but uh, we always appreciate any listens any, any reviews uh, they're always welcome and appreciated you can do it right on the link um, and we, we sure love you and appreciate you guys
1: definitely happy for anybody that listens
0: well I I guess that uh, wraps up uh, this week with AEW and uh, we'll be seeing you sometime probably not this weekend because we have so much wrestling we're going to be watching it's going to be a lot to process it's not always um, just
1: watching. It's the taking of the notes. Like usually, yeah. I watch once for fun, and then I watch once to set up the outline of my notes, and then like I try and fit in a third watch to get like the little bits of story that I try and throw in there.
0: I try to do the I I try to do the, but usually I I get the two in. I I I do the first one with the notes. That way I can sit back and really. Enjoy and maybe add a little bit to my notes to the second watch and then I like to do a third just before we go on um, to, to just refresh me on everything that things I might have missed uh, Things I might want to hit on so yeah, we we're gonna be watching Is what, what we're saying guys
1: <laughs> Yeah, so We'll figure out how we're going to record it. You might get a couple chunky episodes, maybe some broken up. Like we'll figure it out once we watch the shows. We got to get through this weekend first before we figure out how we're going to cover it.
0: Definitely and and feel feel free to go over to the Working Fans podcast. It's a great podcast. These guys cover a lot and do it in a great way.
1: Yeah, actually, it's going to be a rare solo show for me this Friday because I I don't know how many people keep up with us, but my co-host Dave, his mom died mid-last week, and the funeral is Friday. And my co-host AJ has known Dave here, so he's going to be going to the funeral because, you know, he's more integrated in his family. And I told Dave, like... Look, the funeral's far away. Like, I'll stay back. I will, you know, do the recording and I'll cover us this week. So I'm just basically going to be giving a WrestleMania week preview. Every day this week, I have been dropping daily content on a specific event we're going to watch. Friday, you'll get all that, plus events that I don't plan on watching as well that we'll cover.
0: Well, I encourage our wrestlers to go over and, and give you a listen, give you a watch, a subscribe, a like. Um, it's like I said, it's a great show. My heart goes out um, to him and uh, prayers. Will be definitely a welcome. Definitely. And, uh,
1: He's just starting to get back into recording now. You know, I kind of took the reins for a couple weeks and I'm like, take some time off, you know, like do your work, but it's just very important. Anytime you enjoy a podcast, subscribe, like, rate, review, wherever you can. Do it for working fans. Do it for unscripted violence. Just, it helps us get more notoriety, get out there more. Cause like Lee said earlier, we ask for if you can chip in anything because we do this for the love of our love of the game out of our pocket and you know we're happy either way if you contribute if you don't contribute as long as you listen to us and share it with people that might enjoy it that means the world to us so thank you
0: definitely and with that being said uh, once again this is Stagger Lee and uh, producer Joe we're signing off And we will uh, talk to you next week, guys.